Welcome back to Civil Action. This is Brian Cabotag coming to you from Cala. Cala? Cala? Cala. Cala. Just pronounce it right. In Las I Vegas. I never know how Please. that goes. I, however I pronounce it's the right way. <laughs> uh, and I'm here with Sean Karnikian. Sean, introduce yourself and tell folks what they're listening to. I'm Sean Karnikian. They're listening to Civil Action. It's our podcast where we cover new cases that have come down from the California Appellate Courts. Kind of boring, nerdy No, stop saying stuff. that. It's interesting, it's, it's, important it's, stuff. People learn it is, about it cases. Is, it's important, yeah, but we're kind and of boring, we're I guess. Especially you're funny boring, and charming. You're funny and charming. But today we have some interesting guests, and we have a very interesting one now. Who is our next guest? Please introduce yourself. Introduce so yourself. It's, uh, tell us who you are yeah. and tell us about yourself. So I'm Robert Simon. You can call me Bob. And like I said, I drank all night last night to get this nice voice. It's a radio voice. I have a, I have a face for radio. Very good. No, no, me. I think we're on camera right now, aren't we? We're not. There are no cameras. This isn't live. Well, thank God, because yeah. one of us is not wearing pants. Can you guys see? No. Okay, we're good. Yeah. No, that's Brian not wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your practice. So I have a practice called the Simon Law Group. We have 22 lawyers, I think. I run it with my twin brothers, my partner. My little brother works at the firm. My mom and dad work at the firm. My dad's new wife works at the firm. My dad was a retired truck driver. He's our in-house trucking consultant and does our books. Uh, my mom cuts all of our checks and runs a tight ship in her Santa Ana office, and both my sisters work there as well. So we do a lot of personal injury, try a lot of cases. We do zero appellate work. We outsource it, but we stay on the pleadings because we try a lot of them. So we're on the pulse of a lot of appellate cases, and, uh, yeah, a lot of good, fun, exciting things. Bob, I'm impressed that you worked with that much family. My wife and I worked together for two years when I first started my firm almost 20 years ago, and it was going to end in one of two ways, divorce <laughs> or homicide. <laughs> and if it was a homicide, I'd be listed on the police report as the victim. Wow, you know, I tell my, my wife the same thing about divorce. It ends in a homicide. So, yeah, well, you know. yeah. yeah, right, right. <laughs> divorce never, murder maybe. <laughs> and, Bob, you're doing some really exciting stuff now, yeah. and you're always doing exciting stuff, but yeah. what, what are you working on now that you want to share with us? Well, um, the new project we're coming out with is I'm trying to empower a bunch of you know young lawyers to be out on their own, have their own shop. Because actually, when I started my own firm, it was three years out of law school, and actually Brian came to speak at my trial advocacy class with Steve Cron. I don't know if you remember this. Oh, I do. Yeah, so he oh, came in and uh, you know really inspired me to you know. Bob was a yeah. well, you're probably a third year student third year, at Pepperdine third year, at the yeah, time, right? Yeah. And Pepperdine is the the most beautiful law school in the world, the law school where people go for three years and then spend the next twenty five years of their <laughs> trying life to trying back. to make enough money to go back, back, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And actually, now I'm on the board of visitors there. We do the trial conference there every year. Um, but you know, a lot of good trial lawyers come out of Pepperdine. I think it's um, most of the the best trial lawyers that I know didn't go to like the the top tier Yale. No, they came out of Loyola, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, sure. We all do the champions of justice. I get it. I get it. No, but it's, uh, you know, I think it's that um, people that go to those types of schools, like I I had to go, you know, invest in yourself type deal, you know, living on loans and things. But Brian came to speak there. You know, I was truly inspired about, you know, the work you were doing and the firm that you built. And then I had no idea that I would eventually build the same machine like 15 years later. Yeah, you're a superstar, man. You've come come a long way and you've done great things and you're still doing great things. Most impactful case you've ever handled. So from um, from an appellate level, like for doesn't matter. There's no rules. Okay. So the and most, you can use four letter words on this on this show, right? Right. You can yeah. But not a see you next you Tuesday, right? You can't do that one. That. <laughs> see, I told you you can't say everything. Well, anyway, um, most impactful case. I mean, I look at it as a helping the industry type um, deal. Like impactful cases are. I have a ton that are impactful for the client in that specific moment. But we have a couple of appellate decisions where I've. I tried one case called Bermudez versus Cholik, which is now a lot of people cited. It's on medical liens and how to get medical evidence and testimony. 
And then recently came from my firm, actually two other young lawyers. That was the first case they tried together. They were six months out of law school, tried a case called Pebbly, which uh, now everybody's citing in their briefs. It's very helpful for all consumers. It pretty much says, went up on appeal. I can't believe they actually appealed it, but um, consumers have a right to choose their doctors. They don't have to be bound to go. If you have Kaiser, you don't have to go to Kaiser. If you're, you're an injured victim, you can pick your doctors. It's usually, you know, as long as it's reasonable, you can do those things. So it's a published opinion. Great case. Yeah, we great we case. did comment on that case, Sean, if you remember. Yeah. I know you have a short memory, but we <laughs> actually did comment on it. It's a great case. Yeah. Um, so it's a good brick and mortar. So people that are trying a lot of cases, like there's like probably five or six brick and mortar cases you got to know and you got to read if you're you know battling these personal injury cases. And that's not one of them. And you know the other ones are like Sanchez, which I'm a huge fan of. Right. And I think it's the way that evidence always has been and should be, and it's just now codified in another case. But... Um, well, just to, just briefly describe Sanchez so that we all know, our listeners know exactly okay. what you're talking about. So Sanchez says that any case-specific hearsay has to be laid the foundation before you can even discuss it in trial, or else it's hearsay. And it's the same evidence that we've learned since we were in law school. But it ran awry for many, many years where the defense bar was putting up, a, for instance, a medical doctor that just reviewed medical records, never saw the patient, would get up there and say, well, they complained of this, and they were diagnosed of this back then, and blah, 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 and just parroting medical records, taking out of context. Pre-existing conditions, yes. things like that. Stuff yeah. that's, that yeah. we had to be in trial court fighting medical records that have no foundation. We're cross-examining something that's not there, taking out of context, and it's pretty much, well, judge, you just want me to admit all the medical records and let the jury try and to a, And the doctor that authored the records isn't not there in the courtroom, not can't cross-examine Insanity. Yeah. So, but Sanchez was a criminal case. It involved a, a gang murder enhancement charge that they had a gang expert go up and say, well, I heard from the police report, and I heard a bunch of other detectives solved and said that he was in this gang, and therefore he gave the enhancement. It's like, wait a minute, like, where are these police officers? They never testified. It's also applicable now in, in, with life care planners who want to get up yes. there, right, and say, I called some guy who said. Yeah, the perfect example. There's one life care planner who says, my, Steve in my office called so-and-so. Who the hell Steve? Who's Steve? Yeah, who's and Steve? who's so-and-so? Yeah, yeah. And where's, where's the person Where, he called? Where'd you get this yeah. cash rate? And then I actually, um, Arsha Mampour actually blew the same life care planner up because he called the same people she said she called and then called them in rebuttal and was like, we never talked to that person. That's great. <laughs> wow. No, but wow. it's a perfect example. Like, that's straight hearsay. Like, what are you doing? Um, but for life care planning, since my thought of it is, and I hear a lot of this, is they try to limit what life care planners can talk about costing in the future, saying under Sanchez, you have to come and lay the foundation for like American Hospital Directory and the ICD codes, whatever. But that's not case-specific hearsay. It exists in the world without your plaintiff being born and without the case. So it's a little more nuanced. But I'm a big fan of Sanchez. It just says, hey, man, lay the foundation for what you're going to do and let people cross-examine to get to the truth of the matter, you know. Um, Bob, what are early on in your career, what were some obstacles you had to overcome or challenges you faced that you think took you to where you are now? Okay, so those obstacles early on, um, I started my firm when I was 29, turning 30. Didn't have a lot of money. I didn't want to take out loans. Um, did, I mean, I came from a, my dad was a truck driver, mom, a housewife. There's five of us kids. We moved out here and so I didn't have a lot and of And was it just money. you? Were you the first one so, out of the group? Because you guys yeah. have a lot of lawyers in the family now. Yeah. So well, other both of my brothers are now lawyers, but it started with just me. And then I brought on um, my little brother graduated from um, undergrad in D.C. where we all went. He came in in 2009. We got so busy that I had to convince my twin brother to quit his real estate attorney job to form our partnership. And we just took a huge chance. You know, we leased a big building. We figured... Let's sublet some of it. Let's grow into it. We were good at getting cases. Like, I made a lot of friends, get a lot of cases from people I went to law school with. But the biggest challenge that I had was 
funding the cases. I mean, it's expensive to hire experts and to carry. It's become costs. outrageous. It's outrageous. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's a problem that I think that needs to be addressed because we're getting these cases that are so simple, like a rear end car crash, eight experts from the defense. Right. What? Like you're forcing a trial because you have to you have to match like a quarter of a million dollars just on experts on. On shit, you don't need to. On a like rear-end collision yes. type of straightforward so that's, injury. I mean, that's one thing I think that, that it just needs to get changed. Like, I think there should be some, you know, each side gets like two or three experts. If you need something more, you have to make a special showing in front of the judge. This I, isn't I about me. This is about you. But I'm on a committee, a um, judicial council committee on civil courts. And one of the issues we came up with was uh, the notion of limiting experts Dude. in your oh. average ordinary case. But you can't so believe funny. the pushback. What? That we got from both the defense and the plaintiff's bar. You can understand why it came from the defense, but the plaintiff's bar, too. Oh, you're trying to restrict our case. The problem is people no, no, don't no. want to change, and the system needs to change. I agree it's 100%. Too expensive. Yep. It's too expensive. And the other problem is younger lawyers can't get to trial, right? No. So, And that's one thing we're trying to, we've changed at our firm. I'm, we have kids trying cases because I did the same thing. My firm believed in me right out of law school trying a case. I have a certified law clerk that's starting trial in two weeks. Like, he's given authorization. He's Amazing. a rock star, you know? Give that opportunity because, you know, what we do as trial lawyers, it's, it can be taught. It's a skill that can be, it, it can be taught. There's some things that you have to grow into and things, but unless you're there doing it in practice, it's trial practice, you're not going to get great at it, right? So I think younger lawyers have the tools now. We have conferences like we're at right now. They learn a lot of this cool stuff. The way I learned how to do it is I associated in, when I started my practice to carry costs, I brought in, like Brian Panish on a few cases, Gary Dordick, Arsham Ampour, gave them 50% of the fee. They helped with the costs, and I got to try cases with them. Now, everybody's afraid to do that now because, they, why would I give 50% of my fee away? That's some of the mentality, but my thought is, why wouldn't you? That's because not, the consumer that's, not a new, that's not a new phenomenon. There's not, always been a greed factor among it, lawyers. It's, it's terrible. They don't have the resources, don't have the skill, but they don't want to give up no. 50%. Yeah, Whereas it could double the value of their case. It doubles it. Not only... It, I think it more than doubles the value of the double, case. Yeah. But, but, but you think from, from the consumer perspective. From the client's point of view, the most important thing is to get the good result Correct. for the client. That's the so right when, thing to when do. When the attorneys start thinking about, well, why, I don't want that to cut into my fee. Dude, that's the wrong mentality. Yeah. I, I hate that mentality. So You're hurting the value of the case. You're yeah. 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 yeah, You're doing the consumer a, a disservice. But I do think that that's, that's one of the problems we need to solve. And I think we're starting to solve it with people are too stale. They think this is the way that it is. It's the way it's always going to be. That's not true. Right. I, I think that... We have the practice laws becoming. It could be way more efficient. It could be way more web solution based. I think the brick and mortar of offices is going to be a little different. People want to work from home. You can work from your phone. You could be on vacation and take a deposition. John's working right now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's on his computer. Right. He just he just settled right. two cases, and he also I just saw that malpractice flag come in. By the way, Sean. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have a little fun. We're yep. going to ask you some quick questions, quick okay. questions, okay. quick answers. Sean, you go first. Sure. Uh, favorite movie. Ooh, dude. I mean, I'm a big Usual Suspect fan. Nice. I'm a big, um, God, I was just, we were just going over some of my favorite movies. Like last night, we were playing this one game that I like. I like all the Broken Lizard stuff. Okay. I don't think those guys like yeah, Super Troopers, yeah. like yeah, stupid of course, comedies. Memento is a good I'm a big fan yeah, of that yeah. one. Pulp um, Fiction? Do you like Pulp Fiction? I like Pulp Fiction. It's not like my top 10, you know? 
Okay. What, your Brian, don't like you don't it's your turn. Your turn. If you, you were you a vegetable, if you were a vegetable, oh what would you be? A Ooh, vegetable? Man. Yeah. That's the lamest question we've had yet from you. Ooh, and you've dude, had some lame questions. Freaking vegetable. Or a fruit. Vegetable or oh fruit. Oh my god, fruit. that's a that's I like I mean, I like pineapples, okay. that's fair. What a pineapple. Stupid Excellent. Excellent. No, your I mean, turn. because that's Not like a SpongeBob thing, pineapple under the sea. You stole my question, so it's okay. Bob, if you weren't an attorney, what would you be right now? I want to say dream job, maybe being so, a lawyer's dream job, but anything else aside from the Okay, work. so this is my dream job always, what I've wanted to do. But I'm, I think I'm an entrepreneur first. That's what I aspire to be is to change things on a greater level. My dream job, however, would be to either own a minor league baseball team or be a GM of a, a major league baseball team. But I want to do a small market team. Like I'm from Pittsburgh. I'd rather do the Pirates because I think it's more – it solves something if you could do it with a smaller budget. Would you help win. the Dodgers with their pitching? No, you know what? They made a huge mistake this year by not getting into their bullpen. They had two opportunities. They could have traded Gavin Lux for Felipe Vasquez, and they could have had a legit closer. I think closer. it's going to be their downfall, but let's not talk about baseball. Because we don't know when this is going to specifically this may air. Long after, after they the win, the World, win the World Series. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Thank you yeah, very sure. much. That would be cool. Yeah, sure. That would be cool. So if you could perform with any rock star mm. or rock band, who would you want to perform with? Wow. So... <laughs> The Should first, we cut to some music now? I actually, I would do, I, I like, music. I'm a, I'm a hip-hop guy. I mean, I like 90s hip-hop. I yeah, it could be a hip-hop cool. artist. But, yeah. but there's not a lot of hip-hop artists that R- were around Rage the Against 90s. the Machine? Oh, I love Rage. See, that, that's a good yeah. one. You won't do what you told yeah. me. Dude, that'd be good. Yeah. But I think I would do the first two CDs I ever bought in my life. This is pretty funny. But I, I mean, this is before I had cassettes. But the first CDs I ever bought yeah. were... Uh, MC Hammer? No, but MC Hammer was close. I, it was actually um, Young MC was my first cassette. Okay. But yeah. my first CDs where I bought two on the same day, Hootie and the Blowfish. Wow. And Weezer, the Blue Album. Weezer, so Blue Album. I, I, I think, I, I, think I would do Weezer because it was my first CD. I did a lot of their songs. Yeah, I, that's it, pretty It's cool. like a, I think every male, like whatever was playing when you were like first hooking up with chicks is like your favorite type of music. I have that philosophy. I don't know what it is, but I think it sticks that's for That's probably males. true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah, it comes up, oh, I know these words. It's nostalgic. It brings me back. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's just yeah. me. Yeah. Music's a time machine. It can take you right yeah. back to the moment you first heard a song or something. I mean, it, but it's it. so true. It, yeah, and I'm, I'm so not There are certain songs inclined. I can remember like when they first came out and I heard them the very first time, you know, like, like Beethoven's Ninth. In the 20s? Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the big band era? Right. It's okay. I'm taking a nap uh, hey, but I would like to great. do. I, it would probably the answer to that question actually would be I would ra- I'd like to perform with Paul McCartney. That'd Paul be, McCartney, yeah, that's I'm, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. let's see. So, <laughs> so any last words? Um, oh, are you gonna I mean, kill him? What's gonna happen? Are we gonna execute What's your final Bob? meal you'd like to have? Yeah, any Ooh. Last words? yeah, final meal is a good question actually. <laughs> I don't know, man, because I, I, I don't want something like, I think that's an electrocution question. Like, if they're putting you on death row, what's your final right, meal going to be? I mean, I mean, something like simple, like just some peas. I don't know. Peas? <laughs> All right. That's the vegetable I answer, say quesadillas, babe. but... but Quesadonas. Yeah. I mean, come on. All right, Bob, no. you've been great. We're Thank wrapping now. We've been taking enough of your time. Thank you Thank very you much for, for being here. On, You're man. awesome. Thank and you and Bob has his own uh, podcast. You want to plug that? Yes, we have the Justice Team podcast. I think we've got maybe 25 or so episodes and we got to get you guys on and you know we talk about a lot of life stuff like you guys do have fun with it right i I think we try but brian's not fun so you know it's kind of hard but everybody's trying to solve like we're in traffic a lot we travel a lot why not like listen to something educational it's all free now you don't that's that's what inspired us to do it really what we do is is once a week at least we review five to six new cases that have come down from the court of appeal california Supreme court ninth circuit review them quickly in about 20 minutes 
uh, and it's a little bit of law. You'll learn a whole lot. So tune in. Um, Thank you very much for being our guest. Tell people where they can find us, Sean. They can find us on kbklawyers.com. Check out Bob's podcast, the Justice Team podcast, and we'd love to hear some feedback. We'd love for you to get get in touch with us if you have any questions, and thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks, Bob. Thank you for having me.